Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Have You Seen That with T. I am your host, T. We are on episode 24, the Kobe episode. Um, You know, the Black Mamba, here we are. We are 24 episodes in. Uh, We're back. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming of, you know, going to check out some of these big blockbusters. Um, before they get spoiled, and I would do my best not to spoil it, but this one is pretty easy to not to spoil because this week, the big summer blockbuster release was Jurassic World Dominion, and um, yeah, this movie came and went. It happened. I really tried my hardest to watch, you know, that second Jurassic World movie. I don't even remember what the name of it was, uh, but I just couldn't. Um, and then I saw this movie in the theater, and and let me just let me just uh, preface this by saying I do appreciate everyone who works in any and every industry. I appreciate our fast food workers. I appreciate the garbage men, uh, janitors, teachers, military, policemen. I really do. If you have a job, I I appreciate you. If you are doing a service, I appreciate you. What I don't appreciate is the AMC movie theater uh, in the northeast of El Paso. It has been terrible since I've been going there. I have the AMC Stubbs Pass, the Plus Pass, um, and it's it's a real deal. You know, you play you pay twenty one dollars a month, um, and you get three movies a week. That is a steal. And but the thing is, they don't make their money in ticket sales. They make their money because every time I go in there, I buy concessions, I buy a drink, I buy some nachos, which they never seem to have anymore, uh, or popcorn and some candy or hot dogs or pizza or whatever. If I'm hungry, I'm buying food there because I'm at the theater. Um, but you know, last few times I've gone, actually, you know. 90% of the times I go to movie itself, the previews start like 20, you know, 25 minutes late. Um, and then yesterday, you know, I, I decided to watch Jurassic World in 3D um, because generally, you know, those big blockbusters, the big, you know, graphical, intense movies, if you watch it in 3D, it usually looks good. Every Thor movie that I've watched in 3D looks immaculate. Um, but for some reason at this theater yesterday, the 3D was off. Like, and I hope that's not, I, I hope it wasn't a project. It can't be a production thing. There's no way you mass release this movie and it looked the way it looked on this theater that, that I watched it in yesterday. Uh, and there was so many people who went and made complaints and they just didn't fix it. And it was kind of frustrating. Um, but other than that, like that kind of ruined the movie going experience for me. Um, but the movie itself wasn't, you know, impressive. You know, Chris Pratt, like, I understood the concept. I understood, like, I'm glad they didn't heavy hand, you know, the climate change part of it. But uh, it just wasn't that great to me. Like, I don't get the dinosaur thing. I Like, it took me almost 20 years to finally watch the original Jurassic Park because I just never got the hype around watching dinosaurs. Um and when I did, I I really thought the first Jurassic Park was pretty cool. I thought it was good. I thought it, I thought it was well shot. I thought it was well made, um, and it just had some. It had soul. It had heart. It had legs. 
Um, and then all of the movies after that were not that great. So then when they rebooted and make the Jurassic World, I thought the original Jurassic World was great. I really did. I enjoyed that original Jurassic World movie. Um, I thought it had a lot of the heart of the first one uh, just for a new ger- generation of audience. Um, and and it just, it really, it, it, it had that heart. It had those legs. Um, and it, it, worked, it worked well for me. Um, but then subsequently, the last two movies have not really hit. And this one was no difference. But I must say, DeWanda was so fine. Oh man, she every time she was on the on the, I didn't really like her character. I thought it like, I didn't really like her. You know, I'm a uh, I'm a tough girl. You know, kind of accent or, or the way she spoke. I really didn't like that. I thought that was just too like. I didn't think that was her. I could tell she was trying to be this person that she really wasn't. Like, and it just didn't work for me. Maybe. Um, yeah, it was just something that just didn't work. But just seeing her, I was like, "Damn, she fine." <laughs> like that—that that was it. That—that that was my thought. Um, and Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt. I said it on the ride home review. He is a poor man's Ryan Reynolds. Um, and I'll take that though. You know, I'll take that. Uh, but they wrapped up. You know, they wrapped up this trilogy. Um, you know, kind of with. It just came and went, and and once again, I never understood this hype around bringing Laura Dern and Sam Neill back to this franchise. You know, I get it. Jeff Goldblum is like this cult figure of of he is like he is just he's taken on such this cult uh, religious following of just the Jeff Goldblum stands um, that he's just terrific in everything he does, but it just. Like I, I, didn't, I never understood, you know, they're bringing back these two old characters, and they made such a big deal out of it. When, like, I just didn't get it. I never, like, I just un- didn't understand. And maybe because I wasn't such a huge fan of the original tr- uh, trilogy or franchise, I just didn't get it. So, just what, like, this whole, and and at the end, like the 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 dinosaur fight at the end. Come on, like it it. Every single Jurassic Park movie, or at least the Jurassic World movies, always have this huge dinosaur fight at the end that nobody cares about. Like, once you get to that point, I don't care about these dinosaurs, these huge dinosaurs, because every movie, they've made a bigger one. They've made a bigger T-Rex, or they made the Alpha, the Apex Predator. They kept saying the Apex Predator. Um, And yeah... You know they should have they should have dwelled more on the birds because like anything that's flying scares the crap out of me. Like I think that that's probably more scary than like any of those pterodactyls or whatever what whatever other bird like dinosaur creatures that they made. Um, that was the scary part to me. Like just imagine sitting in a, you know at the park, uh, your kids are playing and then out of nowhere. Uh, fucking pack of pterodactyls just come and attack you like just think about that they're not like pigeons they just gonna come and rip you apart like that's terrifying like that is that is literally terrifying uh but that just didn't seem to happen it was just something else going on movie really didn't make any sense there was really no need for this movie to be made other than to make money and i respect that I do respect that. Make your money. Uh, 
I spent my money to go see it. Um, I had the AMC movie pass. There were other people in the theater who do, did not, and they were really upset with the quality of that movie last night. Really upset. And none of those people who worked there gave a shit. So let's move on, right? So we're going to move on to a very special story time with T. Um, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to talk about a movie-going experience. Tomorrow is Tyler the Monster himself. Uh, Tyler's fourth birthday and today's story time with T is just the story of the day that this kid came into my life Um, you know I planned on retiring out the army uh, and my wife uh, it was funny because I knew my wife was pregnant when she got pregnant I knew it like I I, we've been married you know handful of years at this point um, and I just knew it. Like I, I can, I can tell differences. I can tell, you know, just subtle things that she was doing. And I, I remember asking her a week before she actually told me. Uh, said, "I mean, are you pregnant?" And she laughed it off. She's like, "No, no, no, I'm not." And of course, the next week she buttered me up. I, I remember WWE 2K18. Uh, I think yeah, it was 18. I dropped. And I was like, man, I'm going to go the midnight release, which was 10 o'clock, uh, I think it was, in, um, in Huntsville at the time. So I went over to, you know, went over to the GameStop, got the game, came back, and I was just rocking. I'm having a good time playing the game. And she comes and sits in the bed in, the, in my little game room, and she's like, man, got something to tell you. And I, and I was like, man, at this point, I didn't think it was that because she had told, like, she had, like, no, I'm not. Like she like assured me as if she knew, but she told me. So then nine months later, you know, uh, about one one a.m. in the morning, about one thirty maybe, she wakes me up. Her water broke, uh, so we head to the hospital. And I remember my little trooper Mary. I remember she woke up and she did not complain at all. One, it's the middle of the night. It was like, hey, we got to go to the hospital. Like, I couldn't leave her home. Like, I don't have, we didn't have anybody in Huntsville who can watch the kids. And, uh, and, and she was, man, we were in the, we were in the, you know, little waiting area while they took my wife up originally. And we were just sitting there. She was so perfect that night. She did not once, I think at the time she was, what, three? Um, maybe, you know, two, maybe three at the time. Uh, yeah, I think she had just turned three. Um, and she was just such a trooper, and she was so cool. She was so happy that Tyler was coming. And uh, so they gave my wife a room, and me and Mary ended up going to that room, and she just wouldn't go to sleep. Like, she was just, she was so hype. It's like, and, and my wife was, you know, in labor for hours, and uh, we're in this room, and doctors kept coming in and out, and they, and like, I didn't even think they would let us stay in the room. Of course, this is pre-COVID. This is, you know... Um, but we're in this huge, I mean, there's this huge hospital room uh, in Huntsville, beautiful hospital, Huntsville Children's Hospital. Um, and, uh, and and my daughter fell asleep on the couch. Finally, I want to say at like maybe 4, 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. Uh, Might have been closer to 6. And uh, and we're like, man, and we were just waiting for, for uh, the daycare that we had to open up. So we could take Mary to it, but then we just let her sleep. Uh, and then she wakes up around 8, and this is around the time that they were about to give my wife an epidural. Like, we were trying to keep her asleep. 
why they gave my wife the epidural because, I mean, that's just a huge needle going on her back. And she wakes up, like, right as they're coming in with this needle. And I was like, oh, man. So I'm like, yo, we got to, I got to get her out of here. And, uh, and, and, you know, at this point, she does start freaking out because she sees people with needles and she sees my wife. She's in, you know, a little bit of pain. And, uh, so we t- I take her to the, to the, um, the daycare, which was maybe 10 minutes from the, ho- uh, from the hospital, very close. I get there and, uh, and the, the, the people, I can't remember the name of this, uh, this like all day daycare. They were, they're so nice. Um, and uh, I was like, hey, you know, I came in there, a huge smile. And they're like, oh, you know, because I had to call them before just to make sure I had spots there. And uh, I tell them, yeah, you know, I'm bringing Mary in because my wife's in labor. And I got there and everybody's like, oh, you know, she's in labor. Oh, she might not. I'm thinking it's going to be a few hours. And uh, Mary was still in diapers. I do remember that. And I was changing her diaper. Um, and as I'm changing her diaper, my wife calls me. She's like, he's here. And I'm like, oh my, what? And like, she had Tyler while we were on the road <laughs> to, to, to a, and I say it, this had to have been 15 minutes after we left, maybe 20 minutes after we left. Um, so then I changed Mary's diaper. We rushed back to the hospital and, and I get there and this little beautiful boy, you know, is, is just laying there with my wife and it was just so cool. Uh, Mary was scared to touch him. It was such an, it was such an amazing moment, man. Like, uh, once again, the moment I'll never forget, you know, it all just, you know, and my wife kept saying, she was like, I was glad you were not here because it was like the worst. Um, you know, with Mary being born, she had a C-section. This time it was a, a natural childbirth and she was like, man, you would not have wanted to be there. And Mary definitely could not have been there uh, as she was giving birth. Uh, so I'm kind of glad I didn't see that because I'm not a big fan of all of that stuff. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of seeing my wife in immense pain, um, but yeah, he was there. And, and and you know, four years later, this kid's about to turn four tomorrow, and uh, I'm so excited, man. Me and him have, have you know spent uh, pretty much two of the first years of his life deployed. Um, you know, I missed a lot of his early early childhood. Uh, and I came back and I was a stranger to him. He didn't know who I was and, and it showed. Um, in the second deployment, you know, he, he finally understood, um, you know, we FaceTime and he knew who I was and, and he missed me. You know, that was kind of a big deal. And then I came home, I remember just a huge hug he gave me. I remember that first deployment, you know, when he saw me, he like he would not come to me. He cried when I tried to touch him, you know. Was, uh, that was pretty sad. That was a sad moment, but... Yeah, it was uh, four four beautiful years. Uh, retired now, get to spend a lot of time with them. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. We're going to have fun. Um, and yeah, that was story time with T, man. It was birth of my son, four years old tomorrow. Uh, if you're on Facebook, send him a shout out. I don't really, really post. I really don't post too much, you know, anymore. Uh you know, pictures of the kids and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know why, but yeah, not not really too, too big on that anymore. A lot of weirdos out there, by the way. But anyways, let's move on. We've done the story time with T. Like, I just got emotional just thinking about, you know, those little moments, those moments in life. 
Um, but let's talk about movie trilogies, right? We just finished off. We just capped off this Jurassic World trilogy. Um, and let's talk about some movie trilogies, right? And there have been some great movie trilogies out there, and there have been some terrible ones. And the first one that really comes to mind when I think of a terrible movie trilogy um, and what makes a movie trilogy good and what makes a movie trilogy bad, all right? So a good movie trilogy, of course, is you've got three solid movies, and nobody really knows how hard it is to do that, right? So take, for example... The new Star Wars trilogy, right? And I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was about this new Star Wars trilogy that polarized so many fans. I remember The Force Awakens come, came out and everybody criticized it because they said it was like uh, almost take for take. Um, you know, the original Star Wars, A New Hope. And I thought that, like, I didn't see a problem with that. Like, I would have saw a problem if the next movie would have been exactly like The Empire Strikes Back. I think that would have been, like, I just think that would have been uninspired. But to, like, captivate a new audience um, who might not have, like, and people have seen Star, the Star Wars trilogy over the years, but not to say it doesn't hold up, but it just doesn't hold a candle to what they did or what they can do, you know, in the 2000s. Uh, what they can do and what they can have done in the 90s, like when it comes to sci-fi, was so many more innovative, uh, better storytelling movies than the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, but then, you know, you got The Force Awakens. There were they, like and, and I just realized that they're going to be fans unhappy no matter what you do uh, with these series, with these trilogies. Um you know, and then you got The Last Jedi, which is probably the most polarizing uh, Star Wars movie of any of them because it was so, it was so off the deep end. Like the end of The Last Jedi, I really sat there and I was like, where do you go from there? How do you pull it back from where they went in The Last Jedi? The Last Jedi should have been the last movie in the trilogy. There should have been a movie after The Force Awakens, and then The Last Jedi would have been honestly the perfect end to this trilogy. Yes, uh, it was it was kind of open ended, but at the same time, it needed to be open ended because you want you want to leave you want to leave room to tell more stories. Uh, I really thought The Last Jedi should have been, you know, the capstone of the series, but it wasn't. It was in the middle. And then they made The Rise of Skywalker, which was like everybody, they thought that everybody hated The Last Jedi. So then they tried to like do something completely different. They tried to like meld the two and they made this discombobulated movie that was just terrible like it went terribly wrong it went something in like something went terribly wrong they tried to like undo what they did in the last jedi and in essence they just ruined the whole trilogy and that's what makes a bad trilogy right if you're gonna do this know what you want to do like and don't use different directors don't you i mean you can use different writers but like don't use different directors like the fact that they had three different or two different directors, uh, uh, J.J. Abrams directed the first one, 
Uh, and then, you know, you got Rian Johnson who came and directed the second one. Then J.J. Abrams tried to save this franchise um, by directing the third one. By that time, the damage was done. Like, The Last Jedi did so much damage because it was so hard to uh, to undo what they did in that movie. Um, and I think they, they could have gone a million different ways. Uh, but the way that they chose to go... Uh, was was really ridiculous, and it just ruined to me the entire Star Wars franchise. And I'm glad that they've kind of gone into a reset and realized that they can't do those type of stories anymore. I'm glad that they got rid of Luke Skywalker. Like I'm glad that the Skywalker saga is over, and I hope Ray never is in any other Star Wars movies ever again. I hope none of those characters, Poe, Finn. Uh, you know, the only character I would love to see in another movie is Kelly Tran's character, and I don't even know her name. Um, but other than that, I don't want to see Yoda anymore. I don't want to see any of those characters. Let's move on, uh, and let's just let's let's just call it. Let's just kill a Star Wars franchise. I think it's ran its course. Uh, keep writing the books. Keep the canon. Keep the cartoons. Keep the series, which are not that great to me either. Uh, but yeah, let's move on. I'm done dunking on Star Wars. I dunked on them enough last week when they just kept coming after my girl, who's the third sister. Uh, she's not that bad. The, the series is not that great to me. Darth Vader has kind of lost his luster now, um, and I'm just not. I'm just not here for it anymore. Uh, yeah, let's just end the Star Wars series. So let's just end the Star Wars trilogy. And I know. We got some big Star Wars stands out there who live by this series, uh, but it's not that great. Uh, but speaking of not that great trilogies, right? So for this list, I got the top my top ten trilogies. I don't want to say the top ten top ten trilogies, but my top ten trilogies. And there's some criteria for your movie to be in my list. Uh, can't be more than three. And that rules out a lot of movies, right? So that move that rules out the Bourne series. That rules out um, Indiana Jones, Terminator, Pirates of the Caribbean, which are all really good series, right? Um, I don't have any Marvel movies, like even though um, you know they had three Iron Mans, but I don't think that was like a legit trilogy. I don't think it was a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, those movies just interconnected with other Marvel entities. Uh, same thing with the uh, with the new star uh, Spider Man. Um, I don't think that those were uh, like there are three. They are three movies, but I don't think any of them. Uh, I think they just exist uh, in the canon of M- of the MCU and not as you know a standalone trilogy. Uh, you know, so those movies are not aliens that have four movies. That would have made my top because I, I was a big Aliens fan. I thought those were very, very good, uh, the first three movies. Even though Aliens 3 was, was you know, a little bit of, that was debatable. Uh, but the strength of the first two, you know, it makes the list. Uh, a lot of these, A lot of these trilogies, man, it's hard to nail that third movie. Uh, Hangover. The Hangover would have made my list had the third movie not been so not good. Like, had they have just, they just tried too hard 
to make a hangover three happen when it should have just ended with two. Same thing with the Spider, uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. So that was a trilogy, uh, but they ruined it with Spider-Man three. Spider-Man three was terrible. Uh, Die Hard would have made this list, but you know Die Hard went on to make like five or six movies. Uh, the first three, Die Hard with a Vengeance, my favorite Die Hard movie of them all. Um, Blade, Blade w- would have made my list had Blade three not been a mess. Um, Austin Powers, that would have been really, really high on my list had they not made the third one. Like the th- gold member was so bad, um, you know. I tried to, I tried to enjoy that. Same thing with Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop one and two, great movies, great action comedies. Beverly Hills Cop three should have never been made. Terrible movie, uh, and it had nothing to do with the fact that you know Eddie was older. It was just a bad movie, uh, and it just tried to to. It didn't have that heart and soul of the original. Um, what uh, what else do I got here? I do have two honorable mentions here that could have made my list, and these are pr- pretty funny uh, honorable mentions. Number one is the Before Sunrise, you know, After Midnight, uh, you know, After Sunset, you know, the Peter Peter Linkler uh, or Richard Linkletter uh, made, you know, uh, Ethan Hunt, Julie Delpy, three movies. Uh, the first two, you know, two people meet first, you know, beyond uh, before sunrise, two people meet on a train. They spend this immaculate day together and they plan to meet up the next year. And that never happens. And then you got before midnight uh, or after after sunrise. I can't remember the name of the second one, but I do remember like once again, they just have this great day. Um, you know, when they when they meet each other again in, I think, Italy. And then the third movie is them being married. And the, the third movie just wasn't wasn't as magical because, like, at this point, they're, like, they've been married for years and they're, like, in this, like, bitter marriage and they're trying to figure out if they want to stay together. And it's like, that's not what I want to see. I want to see two people having this great conversation. And they do, but it's like, at this point, it's like this old married couple who just... You know, pretty much 20 years after the second one. Uh, and that one pretty much ruined the franchise. Uh, another franchise before I go, I-, I wanted to really start with this one, but I started because Star Wars upset me. Bill and Ted's trilogy. Bill and all right, let's talk, let's talk about Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was one of my very favorite movies growing up. I loved Bill and Ted. I loved Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and I adored Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Those were just two very niche movies. They weren't great movies by any stretch of the imagination, but I loved them. I enjoyed the feeling I had when I listened to God gave rock and roll to you when they sit when they were supposed to have saved the universe, right? Like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey should have ended the franchise. And then for some reason, 30 plus years later or 20 plus years later, they decide that they want to make another Bill and Ted and they made it and it was God awful. It was so bad it, 
everything that you could like about a movie, it did the opposite. Everything that you liked about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, it did the opposite. Everything you loved about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, it did the opposite. It brought back all these characters, but it was just not a good movie. It was terrible. It ended bad. It was just, it was, it was horrible. A horrible movie. It ruined Bill and Ted for me. And it almost ruined Keanu Reeves for me because he should not have done that movie. Keanu Reeves can do no wrong. He's a terrible actor, but he can do no wrong. And he should not have done this movie. And we're going to move on, right? I'm going to move on because it made me it made me mad. But the biggest honorable mention of all this that should have made my list, The Mighty Ducks. Yes, I said it. I said The Mighty Ducks. I love The Mighty Ducks 1. I love The Mighty Ducks 2 when they went to the Junior Olympics. And I love The Mighty Ducks 3 when they went to the private school. I loved all three of those movies. Because I loved the Mighty Ducks. I wanted to I wanted to play hockey. Mighty Ducks made me want to play hockey as a kid. And I wanted to do the flying V. I wanted to learn how to do the triple deke and all that stuff. Like I enjoyed the Mighty Ducks. Great series. A lot of those actors went on to do terrible things in life, and I feel bad. Uh, but it was a great series. They came out with a TV show. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of it on Disney Plus. Uh, maybe I'll get around to that, but I did enjoy that trilogy, man. I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, so that's my honorable mention. So now we're going to move on to my top 10 trilogies. And once again, this is my top 10 trilogy. So what you're not going to see on this top 10 trilogy is The Godfather. Oh, my gosh. The Godfather. Godfather 2 is the greatest movie ever made. Oh, my goodness. I love The Godfather 2. I love The Godfather 1. The Godfather 3 was terrible. I don't care. I've never watched any of those. I remember watching part of The Godfather 3, and I was like, I don't want to watch this. I remember watching parts of The Godfather 2, and I was confused because it was going between, you know, Old Italy and New New York or wherever they were, and I just didn't get it. Maybe I was too young to understand it. Maybe, maybe if I go back and watch it now, I might think they're just brilliant movies, but I'm not going to do that. Because I don't got that type of time. Uh, so, no, the Godfather trilogy is not on my list. But I got a few other, you know, most of these are action series, uh, sci-fi, whatever. Starting off with my number 10. And next year probably won't be on this list at all because they're making another one. I'm starting off with number 10, John Wick. John Wick 1 was so revolutionary for action movies You can make a simple action movie with a stupid, simple premise, and it could just be completely badass. You build a world. They build a complete world around the Continental, which is getting its own series now because it deserves it. I was so intrigued by giving gold coins to to shady dudes who would come come to your house and clean up messes. Oh, Mr. Wick, you're back. Oh, you're back in the game? Like the cop, no, like I just thought that was so cool. They built this world, you know, around these assassins, um, and the Continental was kind of the middle of it. I thought that was great. And then John Wick 2 expanded on that world. It took you to different places. Common played as Ruby Rose. I remember the first time I saw Ruby Rose on, on the screen. Damn, she was fine. Like, and the character didn't speak. It was just, she was just as badass. I wish she would have never spoken life. I digress. 
And then John Wick 3 happened. I wasn't a big fan of John Wick 3, but it wasn't terrible enough to ruin the series. Halle Berry showed up. The dog, the two dogs kind of stole the movie for me. Um, and it was it was it was a good uh, there are it is con- a continuation. So it really didn't give you an end. But it was such a such an amazing world, man. It had to make my list because I really enjoy the the world building that John Wick did. Um, and it was just it was three good movies, three good movies. Uh, all right, number nine on my list is gonna, I'm gonna go with the Star Trek reboot. What they did with so I grew up I, I was more of a, a Trekkie than I was a Star Wars fan, and I remember it was kind of like the Prince and Michael Jackson argument. It was like the Star Wars Star Trek argument. Uh, you know who had the more annoying fan base. Um, and I wasn't, I'm not, I don't own any of the Star Trek shirts or anything like that. You know, I don't know how to do the live long and prosper thing with my fingers. Uh, but I enjoyed the original, I enjoyed the Star Trek original series. And I really enjoyed Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, I used to watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I tried to watch uh, Voyager. It wasn't that good. I tried to watch Enterprise. wasn't that good. Um, there was another one. Uh Am I thinking of Enterprise that had uh, uh, Jerry Ryan? It's like seven of nine. Uh, and then Star Trek Discovery. Damn, that's a good show. Such a good show. Uh, I haven't started Brave New Worlds. I did start uh, Picard. I, I enjoyed uh, Patrick Stewart as John Luke Picard. You know, Star Trek The Next Generation, even though it was like a little bit older and more mature, I still got it. It was still a fun show. Data, Jordy LaForge, you know, uh, Worf, uh, Commander, uh, you know, Lieutenant Riker. Like, it, it was such a fun show, man. Such a fun show. And then the reboot, Star Trek The Reboot happens. That was a damn, like, they did it right. Starting, you know, changing the timeline, Linda Nemore, you know, Spock showing up. It was so innovative. It was so, so, I had so much fun watching that movie. Chris Pine was excellent. Zoe Saldana was excellent. Zachary Quinto was the greatest recasting ever in movie history. Like, the fact, like, Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy, you know, uh, Leonard Nimoy is one of the most iconic television characters. He's one of the most iconic movie characters. Spock is just, he is an icon. Like, he, there are so many people who, who you know, uh, just idolized Leonard Nimoy for being Spock. And Zachary Quinto was the greatest recasting of that character he looked like him. He sounded like him. He had these mannerisms, and he was just a great Spock. Great, great recasting. Um, everyone else, you know, uh, John Cho. Uh, uh, oh man, I can't think of the the young actor that passed away who played Chekhov. I can't think of it. Anton Yelton. Great cast, uh, and they just got that first one right. And then the second one with a with a con, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch was oh man, great. And then the third one wasn't that good. It had Idris Elba, the most interesting man in the world, uh, but it just wasn't that good. It wasn't as good as the first two, but once again, it wasn't bad enough to ruin the franchise. 
Um, kind of like Men in Black 3 did for Men in Black. Men in Black 1 and 2, Men in Black 2, one of my favorite movies. Uh, Men in Black 3 kind of ruined everything because it was just not a good movie. And they tried to, uh, they tried to, and they tried to close it out because you had to make a trilogy. Couldn't just make two movies. Um, but Star Trek, you know, did that right. And they didn't ruin it with the third movie. Uh, it didn't really close the series out because they are going to make a fourth one. So this movie will not be on the next trilogy list uh, whenever we do this again. Um, but it was such a, a man. That that first Star Trek, man, I I enjoyed it so much uh, with what they did with the story. Eric Bana, he got to brood, which he did, that's what he loves to do. He's the brooding actor. Um, and it was just a great fun ride, fun ride, fun movie. And speaking of fun movies, I'm going to go to number eight, the Oceans Trilogy. So I know who the Rat Pack are. I understood the impact of, you know, Dean Martin, uh, Frank Sinatra, uh, you know, um, Sammy Davis Jr. And I know that they had an original Ocean's Eleven's movie way back in the day. Uh, and they redid it with all of these A-list actors. You know, you put um, Casey Affleck, um, uh, Scott Kahn, uh, you got uh, Don Cheadle, uh, Matt Damon, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Bernie Mac. Original Ocean's Eleven. Um, great movie. I, I enjoyed the way they did that first movie. I love, you know, figuring out how they did it at the end. Like it was just, it, it, it was immaculately done. Steven Soderbergh, one of the greatest directors of all time. I love his movies. Um, I think, yeah, it is Steven Soderbergh who did the first one. Uh, second one, not as good as the first one. You in, in, inject the, uh, uh, what's my man's name? Vincent Castle. Uh, you know, who's like the fox or whatever his name was. And then you inject Catherine Zeta-Jones, who is always immaculate on the screen. Um, And Ocean's 12 was just a fun ride. You know, that whole Julia Roberts, (laughs) you look like Julia Roberts. I thought that was hilarious. It was so meta, so good. Uh, You know, Matt Damon had a bigger role in the second one because he was coming a bigger actor. Um, and then Ocean's 13 was the capstone. You know, Ocean 13 was, was fantastic. Uh, we're not going to mention Ocean's 8. We're not going to throw that in there because it was terrible. Um, but Ocean's 11, 12, and 13 were just three self-contained great movies. Uh, Ocean's 13 wasn't as great as the first two because, once again, it's really hard. It's really hard to put together three perfect movies i don't think that's ever okay my number one it has been done because my number one three great movies let's move on number seven the lord of the rings trilogy now this is in reverse i didn't i did not like the first lord of the ring i didn't like fellowship of the ring the unexpected journey happened it was like a movie of walking and then return to king was the greatest that like the return of king was amazing return of the king saved that franchise for me like it saved that uh, original trilogy trilogy 
uh, the unexpected journey wasn't the second Lord of the Rings. That was a Hobbit. Anyways, I can't even remember what the second one was. Uh, but, but um, oh, I think the second one was Fellowship of the Ring. What the hell? Was the first one was just Lord of the Rings? Whatever. Uh, but, yeah. Um, the Return of King just saved that whole friend. Like, Return of King was the greatest third movie in any trilogy. Period. That's because the first two weren't that great to me. <laughs> but Return of King is the greatest part three of any movie. Like it, it, it will always hold that claim. Uh, other than close, a close second will be Die Hard with a Vengeance to me. But Return of the King is the greatest number three uh, of a trilogy um, because it was just fantastic. It wrapped everything up. It had the weird, very, very weird scene at the end when everybody's super happy and moving in slow motion, and it was like that, gl- that glowing. <laughs> I remember watching it and everybody just thought it was weird. So I just thought I wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. Uh, but yeah, Lord of the Rings was, was uh, the, the greatest number three. You know, Return to King. It won an Oscar. You know, and un, un, up until that point, it was kind of unheard of for those sci-fi movies to win, win the big award. But let's move on to number six. Uh, number six. So before I'm going to preface my number six with let's just forget that Matrix Resurrection ever happened. Uh, Because, you know, the original trilogy was the original trilogy and Matrix Resurrection is not a part four. Uh, It was kind of a reboot. It's supposed to be a soft reboot, you know, of the of the original trilogy. uh, And it just didn't hit because the Matrix trilogy. Seriously, that first Matrix movie the scene where, where they're going in and they catch Trinity. I remember being in the theater and just being in awe. I heard about it. Like, only reason I went and saw it in the theater was because people at my job were talking about it. And I was like, I have to, because I, I just, I wasn't a big Keanu Reeves fan. I really wasn't. He did, he's like, a, he's like so monotone to me. And I remember the commercials, and I would just hit a whoa. And I was like, I don't want to see Surfer Boy. I don't want. I don't want Point Break, uh, a sci-fi Point Break. That's what I was expecting. Um, so I remember in, in in Trinity, bless her soul, um, like really, really. That was just that was just great acting, man. Like great movie, great visual effects. You know, everything caught up after The Matrix because they felt like they had to. Like, The Matrix advanced sci-fi and and visual effects so much that everybody had to step their game up. Everybody tried to do what The Matrix did afterwards because it was so revolutionary. And then Matrix Reloaded, people hated it, but I thought the fight scene with all the Smiths were amazing. It wasn't that great of a movie, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. And then Matrix, uh, um, I can't even remember what the the third one was called. But I thought it was a great ending to the franchise. I thought the third movie was great. I thought the third movie was really good. I did not think it was that bad. But a lot of people dunked on it and said, you know, Reloaded and and, uh, uh, Revolution. Uh, 
Revelation? I don't remember what the third one was. You know, the whole religious Jesus thing. Like, <laughs> it was it was, it was, was there. It was very evident. Um, but it was a good trilogy. It was a great trilogy. I won't say it was a good trilogy. It was a great trilogy. Um, so, uh, it definitely deserves to be on any list of trilogies um, because of what it did for the genre of sci-fi what it did for action movies in itself. Uh, the choreography was immaculate throughout those movies. Seriously, getting those actors to look like they were just these highly trained martial artists, uh, I don't think was very easy, you know, and they did it though. They really made it look effortless. Great action trilogy, great sci-fi trilogy. It deserves to be on this list. Number five, surprise pick and i and i, I kind of wanted to rate it higher higher but i just couldn't there, there was like i just couldn't the ghostbusters ghostbusters um i did say before that uh lord of the rings return of king had the best number three but damn man afterlife afterlife is ghostbusters three ghostbusters one loved it ghostbusters two better than one that's very rare to do and then ghostbusters afterlife is one of my very favorite movies it was so it was so good it has some it has some dull dull moments but it was so good like ghostbusters afterlife was amazing that was a that that even though it was intended to be a reboot it was, it was intended to to you know put the series on to new new uh audiences it was so good though i had to put it on this list because those are three movies and yes there was a ghostbusters you know the all-female ghostbusters a lot of people hated on that movie i thought it was good but i'm not i'm i didn't put that in in the three because it was it was something different uh but i thought that movie was still good you know even if you were to add that as the part three this, you know, Ghostbusters still make the list because one and two, Vigo to Carpathian, one of my very favorite movies. Uh, the, the first one was great, but I really like Ghostbusters too. It had Bobby Brown. That's all, that's all I need to say. Had Bobby Brown. All right, so Ghostbusters trilogy was my number five. Moving on to number four, the original Star Wars trilogy, right? So I dunk on Star Wars. I hate on Star Wars all the time. But the cultural impact, the impact when it when it was released, when I watched the original trilogy as a kid, you know, uh, Darth Vader, when Darth Vader truly was a badass, um, Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, um, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker is the last one on this list because he is the worst character in Star Wars. Up until The Last Jedi, Luke Skywalker was the worst character in star wars he was whiny and it's funny because he was such a whiny little baby and that's exactly what hayden christensen was as anakin they were the same person they were little punk oh my god it was such a they were so annoying both of those characters super annoying and i thought that and it had to have been intentional had to have been It, it couldn't be an accident that you make the two most annoying characters father and son um, but the original Star Wars, man, like that that moment where you find out that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia's father, come on, man. 
you don't beat that. Empire Strikes Back, the greatest movie of that trilogy. And then Return of the Jedi, the Ewoks, you know, a happy ending, a bow at the end. Everybody gets their little medals. And the the rebellion won. The rebellion won until they didn't. Um, so the original Star Wars, you know, once again, I dunk on, on Star Wars all the time. It's not that great of a trilogy, but the cultural impact of that original trilogy truly did change the trajectory of, of movie making, sci-fi movies as we know it. It really did. If that if if the original Star Wars, if that trilogy didn't happen, uh, you know, who knew how long it would take for us to get, you know, some of these amazing sci-fi movies that we got, some of these amazing, you know, space fantasy opuses that we got. Um, that that movie, you know, that trilogy had to happen for the terrible prequel and that terrible you know, a uh, follow-on series to happen. But people still love it. People love Chewbacca. People love Han Solo. People love Darth Vader, Kylo Ren. You know, uh, they do love those characters. Boba Fett, who's become this, icon, you know, this cult hero uh, who is not that great to me. Never understood the, the, the you know, a huge fanfare of Boba Fett. And the series just kind of proved that to me because it was a terrible series. But I'm going to digress. I'm going to stop dunking on Star Wars. Let's move on to number three, Back to the Future. So I remember watching the original Back to the Future, and I just thought time travel was so such a fun idea and concept. The concept of time traveling and meeting your parents when they were kids, when they were teenagers, before they met each other, and you made that happen. And if you didn't, you would disappear. Great concept. Part two, even better concept. You go to the future. Biff, Biff Tanner from comes from the future to the past, changes the future uh, by giving himself the sports almanac so he can become the greatest gambler in the world and make billions of dollars betting on you know the the Cubs to win the two thousand whatever whatever year World Series, uh, and he pretty much runs the exact same town, which is pretty funny. Uh, and then you go to the future, and we see hoverboards for the first time. And those Nikes that self uh, self tie, uh, and and you see the future, and it's just it just looks so cool. It, the future looked so cool, uh, and Back to the Future Two, uh, which was the highlight of the trilogy to me. And then we got Back to the Future Three, which was kind of the low light of the of the trilogy, but it wasn't bad enough to kind of ruin that trilogy because Michael J. Fox was excellent. Christopher Lloyd was excellent. The guy who played Biff was excellent. Uh, you know, every like it was just a feel good, feel good ride. Even though I'm not big on westerns, but those characters are iconic, um, and it was just it was an iconic, uh, iconic uh, trilogy. It was an iconic franchise, and it really did bring heart to the sci-fi. It brought heart to the future. You know, instead of it being like this dystopian future where, you know, we're all dead at this point. No, it's showing like this fun loving future where, you know, we're kind of getting to the point of the Jetsons. But we ain't there yet because I think we're past the year they went in in Back to the Future 2. But, yeah, I've really enjoyed that franchise. Michael J. Fox, man, them recasting 
Marty McFly from Eric Stoltz to Michael J. Fox is the greatest thing that ever happened, uh, you know, to, to Robert Zemeckis' career. Because Eric Stoltz, uh, you know, would not have carried the series as well as, as this young, plucky Michael J. Fox did. All right, moving on to number two, and this is a tough, this was a tough one. Putting these two movies, uh, uh, these two trilogies up against each other, but they could only be one. So my number two top trilogy of all time, once again, this is my list, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Um, Batman Begins, solid movie. Um, and it ended on that note where you're like, all right, they're going to make a part two. They got to. Um, and I didn't know it was going to be such a tightly knit franchise uh, trilogy. I thought they were going to, you know, try to keep making Batman movies. And I'm really glad that they did not. Um, Batman, The Dark Knight, you know, arguably one of the greatest movies ever made. The greatest Joker turn, like one of the greatest performances of any movie villain. You had Heath Ledger, who everybody dunked on when he was cast as a Joker. You had this great looking guy cast as a Joker, and he bodied that. He bodied the role. Um, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart, one of my favorite, you know, kind of second-rate actors, uh, played Harvey Dent in in The Dark Knight and, you know, lived long enough to see herself become a villain. Um, One of the greatest, you know, lines uh, right up there with Have You Ever Danced with the Devil in the uh, Pale Moonlight. You know, one of the greatest lines. Uh, Many a rapper have used that line afterwards. Uh, and then, you know, the third one, um, The Dark Knight Rises, not as bad as people said it was. I thought Bane, that was an interesting take on Bane. Uh, but, you know, Tom Hardy is, is, is a very capable actor. The Sean Connery voice, I laughed the first time when, when you know, when, when they hijacked that airplane and I first heard the voice, I just started laughing in the theater because I was like, they got Sean Connery do the voice. Like, he's doing the Sean Connery voice. And it just made me laugh. Uh, but other than that, it was a great, it, it was a good movie. It was a solid in Anne Hathaway. God, I love her. Um, you know, it's Catwoman. Great take on Catwoman. Uh, and it was just, it was a good movie. You know, the Taya Agul uh, twisted, and I saw that coming almost the minute that she showed up on the screen. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it was a it was a great end to that trilogy. Um, you know, Christopher Nolan, masterclass filmmaker, uh, you know, with the weakest one being Batman Begins, and that was a solid movie. I just didn't, I didn't like the, you know, Ra's al Ghul, uh, you know, Liam Neeson thing. I didn't think that that was a good character, but they got smoking with the Joker, man, and they finished it with Bane. Uh, great, great trilogy. That is my number two. And if that's the number two, what is what is the number one trilogy? And this one is probably... No one else's number one movie uh, movie trilogy of all time, but it is mine because they were three great movies about monkeys. Matt Reeves, Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, 
amazing movie. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, amazing movie. War on the Planet of Apes, amazing movie. They were three great movies. Caesar is one of the greatest characters ever to grace this screen. Yes, CGI. Andy Serkis should have gotten an Oscar for his performance as Caesar. What he had to do to play that role, what he did to get into that role, yeah, it was CGI, but a lot of it was green. Like a lot of it was his motion capture. Uh, actually, all of it was his motion capture, making every single like the fact that they what what they did with this trip. Like it, it, it. I don't think it gets enough. I don't think they get enough credit what they did with this trilogy. Like I, I really don't. Um, the visual effects, the practical effects that they made, the storytelling was, I mean, just top-notch storytelling. It made you feel for James Franco. Think about that for a second. It made you sympathize with James Franco as a human being and a character, and that's saying a lot. The beautiful Frida Pinto was in part one. I was so, uh, like, I was really sad knowing that she wouldn't be in any of the other movies. I think Frida Pinto is just one of the most uh, beautiful human beings who ever lived on this planet. Um, and, and, you know, Caesar, John Lithgow was in the original one. Great. I honestly don't remember who was in the other, the other movies. Um, but it was all about the apes, man. Like they, it, the fact that they turned that franchise around after that Mark Wahlberg movie, it, it just that says enough for me. Like that, that is enough for me. That Mark Wahlberg movie was so terrible. The visual effects, the apes looked so terrible in that movie. Um, and Matt Reeves took this story, and he just made a world. Like he made this whole ecosystem. It was, it was so beautifully done. It was so beautifully written. Every single movie, the War on the Planet of the Apes, the end, I think was a bit underwhelming for for what I think it like when I thought War on the Planet of the Apes, I thought it was gonna be on a bigger scale. Uh, it was a little small scale. You know, considering the fact that like humanity is on its last leg, uh, you know, I thought it would have been a bigger fight, um, but it wasn't. But it was still a really good movie. Uh, every in the end, in the I cried when Caesar died at the end of war. Like that's how invested I was in this series. You know, and and you know, more apes started talking. Like Matt Reeves, man. Like he he made. An incredible trilogy. Uh, he made an incredible set of movies. Uh, I really don't think the Planet of the Apes movies get enough credit. They are amazing. Like, just go and look at them. Like, just go back and look. They hold up to this day. Um, and they're just great, great movies. I, I truly believe that. And I, I really did enjoy every single movie in that trilogy. Um, I do hear that they're making another one, um, and it's starting a new trilogy, you know? Um, so I, I hope they don't muck that up. I hope Matt Reeves is somewhere, you know, 
involved in that trilogy because he really gave it the heart and soul that it deserved. Um, and I didn't see it coming. I did not think you can make me care about, you know, the play. I didn't, I didn't get into the Charlton Heston, you know, 60s and 70s versions of those movies because I thought they were really hokey and they looked terrible. And then you had the Mark Warburg, you know, Planet Apes, which was absolutely atrocious. Uh, and then Matt Reeves rebooted the whole thing and told me the story, how this started. And it was amazing. And I was invested from, you know, the start to the very finish. Uh, and the story of Caesar is one that should have been told. And I'm glad it was because it was an amazing story, amazing trilogy. Uh, it deserves to be my number one. It will always be my number one because it was just so self-contained. And there were three really good movies that I enjoyed. So those are my top, you know, uh, trilogies of all times. Jurassic World, Jurassic Park were not part of any of that. I did not enjoy the dinosaur movies. You know, maybe if Matt Reeves goes and, you know, reboots that franchise, maybe I'll care. Um, you know, but in, in Andy Circus mocaps of T-Rex, I'll watch that. Uh, but other than that, no, I, I just couldn't dig it, man. Just couldn't get into the Jurassic World or Jurassic Park stuff. You know, after the originals. Uh, yeah. So next week, we got um, Lightyear. We got Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear origin story that I don't think anybody really asked for. Uh, but of course, Pixar is going to make us care. We got Captain America, Chris Evans, uh, voicing Buzz Lightyear. I might go see it with my kids. I don't know. I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if Mary's really uh, wanting to see it, but if she does, uh, we'll go see it. We'll go check it out. On Netflix next week, we got Spiderhead with Chris Hemsworth and uh, Miles Teller. Miles Teller having himself a good year. Um, a movie about a, a prison that, that uh, you know, has some shady stuff going on. <laughs> uh, another new movie next week. Um, there's another one. There's one more. Spiderhead, and then they got this uh, little independent movie on Hulu. Good luck to you, Leo Grand. Um, stars Emma Thompson uh, and some new guy. Uh, looks like it'll be a nice little romantic comedy, a little funny movie that I might check out. Might throw a little, uh, you know, at home review. After that, you know, we got Black Phone coming out on the 24th. We got Elvis coming out on the 24th. 24th is a big day uh, for movies. Um, and uh, there's another movie, The Little Shell. The Shell movie, Marcel the Shell. That is coming out on the 24th as well. Uh, so uh, definitely a good movie, a good week of movie coming out uh week after next. Uh, but next week little kind of lull there got Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear in the a, in a Spiderhead movie uh, this week I am uh, this weekend's kind of a rough weekend for me you know running around getting everything ready for Tyler's birthday but I am going to watch Hustle and throw a, a at home review for Hustle uh, probably uh, not tomorrow night but Monday night um, after I get off work because uh, I am looking forward to watching that movie Hustle uh, on Netflix uh, and the new season of The Boys is out. Oh, my gosh. 
if you haven't seen the new season of Boys, uh, it is it starts off crazy and just keeps getting crazier. Uh, Homelander is just getting crazier by the second. So the new season of the Boys. Uh, I did say I wanted to to wrap up the staircase, maybe because next week is kind of a, a, a slow week. I will wrap up the staircase and I'll talk about the staircase, even though nobody's probably watched it, the series or the documentary. Uh, but I just want to talk about it because I need to talk about it. Um, so that is going to wrap up this week's podcast, the Kobe episode, the trilogy episode. The greatest trilogies of all times. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully, you guys will throw your you know, trilogy list up there. I know Maurice, uh, he was talking about how he talks about trilogies all the time. I would love to hear your top five, top 10, top 15, top 25 trilogies of all time. I would love to hear them. Uh, I know they'll be different than mine. I do enjoy uh, everyone having their differences of opinions and their different views on different trilogies and what makes great trilogies. I know it makes a great one for me, and I hope uh, that you guys enjoy this podcast, and I will check you out next week when we talk about Spiderhead and the fact that I probably didn't see Buzz Lightyear.